0: What's up, it's JJ, and you're listening to FPFO, presented by the G2S Network. I ain't gonna lie, this week we ain't starting with no fucking music. (laughs) It ain't no point in being gleeful. I don't don't even want niggas to get comfortable, because it ain't ain't even about to be that type of day. Not at all. (laughs) It ain't even about to be that type of day. I ain't gonna lie. If y'all would've... Now, I know it's about every week I say this, but if (laughs) niggas would've caught me and we recorded Sunday or Monday after we watched film... I wouldn't have been as pleasant as I am going to be today. And I'm not going to be pleasant at all, really. So <clears throat> I'm just warning people right now. If, if, if you know, if you got a, a problem with profanity or you at work or whatever, <laughs> put some headphones on or turn it off. <laughs> or turn it off. Because I got a lot of shit to get off my chest. I'm going to go ahead and be honest with y'all right now. Because I don't know what the fuck that was Sunday. Same as that problem as last week against Cleveland Offense Nowhere to be found Stalling out in the red zone Same issue we don't had for three years now But we gonna go We gonna go by the notes though We gonna go by the notes Cause if I start right now It's gonna be hard to stop me So we gonna go by the notes um, Welcome to FPFO I'm your co-host JJ
1: uh, I'm your co-host Terrence the God, welcome, welcome back. We're here for another episode. Let's go ahead and get it started. Yeah.
0: And, and, and transparently, I, if I gotta have this feeling every single week and have to come in and record, like I, I, you know, it's gonna be very strenuous on me because <laughs> when I tell y'all, and I'm gonna tell you what, another thing too, because my sickness began began Saturday. My sickness began Saturday when I saw this report, these rumors on what the fuck is going on inside the organization. That's when my sickness really began. I'm going to just keep it 100 with you. Right? Now there are rumors from some random on Twitter, but that's neither here nor there because if there's even a slight inkling that this shit is true. I'm back on the same energy I was about Matt Rule last year. And really, really transparently, I'm already the fuck there. Quick summary real quick. <laughs> Start by fucking the... Play number one. And this is how I know the game was about to be bullshit already. Play number one. We can't even recover. The, we can't even get the damn kickoff. We can't even ain't run the damn bitch back. We can't even touch the bitch back. Niggas want to bring the ball out Fumble So the Giants Already have possession on, on what The 25 26 Something like that
1: Yeah They already in the uh, In the red zone They recovered in the red zone So
0: Fumble to Kick off number one Play one Not even Not even Five seconds into the game Turnover Already Defense though Of course As they always do Like they've been doing The last two years Two and a half years They get a, a Huge stop you know, for, 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 uh, first, force a field goal. Same thing on possession number two. At the OPR, dumbass OPR from Shaw. The nigga that we've been gassing up the past two weeks. Thinking that he was going to play a, a huge part in our offense. Dumbass offensive pass interference. Some shit he didn't even have to do to win the route. So third and 22, we run this little quick flare screen. Whatever, some new shit. That I don't know why we like running so much Because to me, we haven't had much success with it We run a little flare screen Robbie, cause you know He, 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 he kind of light in the ass And I'm gonna try and be nice to the player I'm gonna try and be, you know <laughs> Graceful to the players Cause a lot of this shit is a coaching issue If you want me to be honest with you But I'm gonna try, you know, cut him from slack But Robbie is light in the ass That nigga bully him take the ball away so then they get the ball back again inside the 30. So off rip we can't even we can't even establish no no rhythm no confidence nothing because niggas don't know how to protect the fucking football. Get another stop defensively. Force a field goal. So now it's what 6-0? Yeah. Shh. Come out third drive. We look halfway decent. Third and nine. Shaw Smith, quick slant. Nigga got six, seven, eight yards of a, a, a cushion. Can't make the play. Turnover or, or, or drop pass right in his chest. One of the better throws that baked through all day, and it was and Those were few and far between too. And we gonna have a conversation about that nigga today as well. Cause I mean, shit. <laughs> we could have kept our draft picks if you ask me
1: that's a fact if this is what it was
0: going to be i agree (laughs) stall out kick a field goal 6-3 then offense again we, we we force a stop defensively offense again gets the ball gets into the red zone fairly decent drive again get into the red zone stall out because guess what we're behind the sticks 3rd down is about 3rd and eight, third and 9. Every time. That's a story with this team. Already. I, the, this team already has their identity. Already. You know what I'm saying? The, lack and, the laughing stock of the NFL. Already. Already. Because niggas, niggas can't execute simple shit. Small shit. Win your routes. That's it. When your routes. Complete the pass. It's basic. But what I have to sit there and watch... On a week-in, week-out basis already Niggas creating their own pressure in the pocket Niggas have time But because they so jittery For whatever reason They forcing dumb shit Or they gotta throw the ball away on third and 12 So we don't even have an opportunity to convert Kick the field goal, go in the half Then we come out Defense does a hell of a job Forces a punt Go down, score a touchdown So at this point I'm in L house <laughs> I'm feeling great nigga We up 13-6 Like yeah, we turned now Cause yeah. defense been playing A hell of a ball game, right? But oh no Cause now for whatever reason And I've seen this with I'm getting too much Into the shit, Terrence And too much into the show <laughs> So I apologize nah, Cause good, I ain't man. even really Let you say shit But I just gotta get this shit Off my chest for real, bro For whatever reason This coaching staff and this front office and this ownership group, or not even ownership group, Dave fucking Tepper, all of these niggas, for whatever reason, they got ego problems. So it's like you either do it my way or the highway, even when we know some shit is working. The whole fucking game, once we sent four people or more, Daniel Jones' success rate decreased tremendously. For whatever reason, we come out and score a touchdown And five plays, six plays out of the eight, nine, ten play drive We're sending three niggas Make it make sense to me, bro This is the type of shit we done had to deal with the past three years Two and a half, two and a quarter Whatever the fuck you want to call it People act like they're so incompetent when the answer is right in front of them. And this is why I get so pissed off. This is why y'all niggas call me a hothead. Because it's, it's frustrating as fuck. Because I got to sit here and watch it. Every fucking week. Dumb shit. Give up a touchdown. So now it's 13 to 13. And then, you know, stall out offensively. Don't get shit. Uh, C. Mac gets zero touches. Defense does a, a a good job first two plays. Then J. C. gets another another penalty. Which don't get me wrong, J. C. had a hell of a game. But it's just like like fuck, man. It's the same shit. And if this we just gonna sound like a broken record all year, man. You can go ahead and say what you got to yeah. say. I'll just give a couple stats real quick. Then I'm gonna let you, you know, say what you have to say, and then we'll dive a little more, uh, a little deeper into this shit, cause that was just the beginning. Cause I have a lot to say. Yeah. Facts. Right. 14 to 29 for Baker. 145 a touchdown, no picks. So it's good that he's protecting the football. But I mean, I can take probably three quarters of the of, of the NCAA, put them behind that offensive line with those weapons, and they're gonna produce the same stat line. That shit is mediocre, but whatever. 15 touches for for C Mac, 102. Um, DJ Moore led the team and catches six catches, 43 yards in the touchdown. Robbie Anderson, three for 32. Um, C Mac, four catches for 26 yards, another issue, not getting him the football. Um, but yeah, man, just just, just go ahead and you, you you say what you gotta say, because niggas ain't gonna really want to hear much from me today. Cause cause I'm 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 angry. I'm angry already.
1: Yeah, I feel it. I mean, just to reiterate on what JJ said, like, yeah, we we read some reports um, that came out Saturday. And it's just like the ownership, like the front office as a whole, it's just shitty. Like, it's, it's a shitty organization at this point. Like, coaches not doing their jobs. Like, people act like... They don't have any authority in the front office. Um, The organization just looks like shit. And it's translating on the field because you can see it with the players. Because the stuff that's happening on the field starts with the coaching. I think that, to me, there was a lot of good takeaways um, from this game. Uh, Offense played like shit. Uh, We know that. Like if you watch the game, you can see that same thing as last week. And if you go watch the pie from last week, I specifically said, if we want to win this football game, we cannot come out and start how we started against the Browns. And what do we do? Hmm. Anybody want to remind me what we did? chuba Hubbard comes out and fumbles first play of the game. First play of the game. Honestly, I don't even know why he's back there. Uh, but it's just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. People just not doing their jobs, can't protect the football. So that gives the Giants the ball in the red zone, as JJ said. And then defense comes out and makes it stop. And so that's that's really the only thing that I can kind of like hang my head on this game is that the defense played a good, they played a good defensive game. But like, you can only do so much when you have a shit offense. Like when you don't have an offense to back up what you're doing on defense, the players don't they can't stay on the sideline they can't get no rest and so we continue having the sub players in and out and then like the defense is not moving how they was moving at the start of the game that's because they're steady on the field they're not getting any rest. so yeah like i said chuba comes out fumbles first play we don't recover it um i guess he just wasn't ready to fucking play but that <laughs> to th- say the least whatever that is defense gets to stop we come back out second possession And then Sha Smith, we gassed Sha Smith so much. Um
0: so much. We were
1: so happy week. to see Yeah. That nigga. It and I I apologize. I apologize to the fans for gassing that nigga. And if you knew how he was before he got here, then hey, maybe you knew something I didn't cuz we gassed the fuck out of that nigga and he is not that. I'm going to go ahead and say that
0: respectfully.
1: In order for you to be a good receiver in the NFL, you have to catch the ball. And the thing that I had dislike the most about Shaw Smith is he wins his routes better than like almost any receiver we have but what the fuck does that do if you can't complete the catch like that does nothing if you cannot catch the ball and so he comes out he gets an p- offensive pass interference on a on a hitch route or a comeback route whatever you may call it um clear as day. Like, the man just shoves him. And if you're watching Sean Smith throughout the game, he's doing this almost on every route. Like, he's so physical coming off the ball that he's just, like, putting himself in position to get penalties. Penalties that we don't need because you can already see our offense cannot move the ball. So why are you going out here committing these senseless-ass penalties? And then you're putting us behind the sticks. And so now we have Baker trying to battle third and 22, third and 10. Like, in... If you go look at our stats, like we, we average like 8.4 yards on third down, like, as far as like how far we yeah, got to go on yeah. third down 8.4 yards
0: who the is fuck the is gonna? In the NFL. Yeah,
1: like, nobody's going to convert off of that shit. And if you lose the third down, you're probably going to lose the game. If you lose the turnover battle, you're probably going to lose the game. What do we do? We came out fumble first play that same possession third and 22. We threw a little pop pass to Robbie Anderson. His little ass got stood up, trying to fight for more yards. My thing is, why are you trying to fight for more yards on third and 22? Go down. Like, we're already in a shit situation. We have a a punter who's a pro bowler. Let him punt the fucking ball down the field. That's all you have to do. Go down. He gets stood up, gets ripped. They recover it. And then now the Giants are in the red zone again. But credit to our defense. Held him to a field goal. Defense held him to a field goal. And then we come back out. And and I would say the job that we came back out with is fair. And so um did, did we kick a field goal that
0: yeah we? I think I think we made it six three at that point.
1: Okay. So we did get a <laughs> we did get a field goal at that point. And then defense comes back down, forces a punt, again, defense stepping up, playing the the football that we know they can play, because we have a very underrated defense. I don't think they're underrated now. Like I feel like they put the league on notice. Mm. And so they come out, force a punt, we go down, Baker makes uh, a good pass to uh, DJ Moore to get us um, probably a little bit further than midfield, um, go down, make some more plays, and then DJ Moore hits him with a little uh, corner route to the back of the end zone, Baker makes a great throw, DJ makes a good catch, he was wide open, so honestly, I don't know how great the fucking throw was, but he was wide open, so, <laughs> I mean, we get we score that, and then so... The defense comes back out and then we just shut the fuck down and which like, I mean, I'm not going to say I get it, but I get it. I'm not going to say I get it, but I get it because it's like we we have a great defense, but it, it's just unrealistic to expect your defense to make every stop, every possession on the field. And so they, they give up that touchdown, which I'm like, okay, it's 13 13. We're good. Like, we're good. Offense is going to go back down. They just scored. We're going to go back down. We're going to get a positive drive. And we're going to put the ball in the end zone. Like, I'm feeling good about how we're doing right now. Besides the offense in the first two drives, I'm feeling good about how we're doing right now. And then it just goes to shit, honestly. Mm -hmm. It just goes to shit. The offense can't get it together. Um, Shaw Smith, I just don't know what the fuck he's out there doing. Dropping passes left and right. Then he gets lackadaisical on his routes uh, towards the end of the game. So, I mean, we just can't execute. We just can't capitalize. But I I don't put all of that on the offense. I put it on coaching.
0: Right. And not not to cut you off. The problem that I have because you say it's understandable defensively. The problem that I have with that is the fact that you can say that it's understandable defensively. But if we watch the film like we both have, it's not. Because the issue is, niggas want to do stuff their way. Yeah. And niggas in this specific instance is coaching. That's why I don't understand it. That's why I can't shoot bail. I'll give bail to the players. Yeah. Because you can only do what your coach to do. You can't just go out there and do your own shit. Especially not with this regime. Because we know what they'll land you. My issue is not with the players this week; it's with coaching. I agree. That's why I can't. I, I cannot. I cannot agree with you in the sense that it's understandable. Because it's not. If it was something, if it was something like we were gassed or whatever, then I can say, okay, that's the reason why. Because our offense can't produce anything. We're punting the football. We're putting them in shit situations. Two fumbles, et cetera, et cetera. That's not the case. This came out of halftime. Everybody's rested up. It's 13-6, to our first lead of the game. And we let them march up and down the field. And it's not because of a lack of, you know, effort. It's not because of niggas not making plays. It's because of coaching. Yeah. Because you want to decide that you want to send three guys on a rush, give Daniel Jones all day to sit back and pat the ball instead of going to what worked the whole game. Every time, I'm telling you, we sat there and watched it yesterday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every single time. And I, I broke it down. Every time. fourth down, a, a four-man rush. We win every single rep. It's probably two or three reps that Daniel Jones dropped back the pass We had a four-man rush, and he was successful. Maybe two or three times, and that's not an exaggeration, bro. Yeah, That's real shit. Maybe two or three times he was successful with a four-man or more rush. And for whatever reason, as successful as your defense was in in half number one, you decide you want to change shit up in the second half. And get torched. Just walk down the field. It's coaching. Yeah. It is coaching. And specifically Phil Snow. So stuck in his fucking ways. Because if this story is true... He feels like he runs this shit. Yeah. And transparently, why wouldn't he? <laughs> I agree. Why wouldn't he? So, I, like I said, just on that point specifically... I just simply cannot agree with you because I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it because I see the reps that we win. Already this season, two weeks in, I know what will cause us to be successful and I know what will cause us to look like bullshit. Yeah. And that's when you send a fucking three-man rush and send nobody. Now, I'll give Phil Snow credit. He got a lot more creative with the blitz packages this week yeah. You know, he said, you know, we got a lot more pressure on on the quarterback this week. The issues that we were talking about last <laughs> week, a lot of them a lot of them with the exception of the offense were addressed. Yeah. One of the main things that I was worried about the most coming into the game Sunday against the Giants was punt team. They play good. Yeah, exactly, because I just knew Richie James was going to take one to the crib yeah. based on the way we covered last week. Yeah, They played, they played extremely well. Yeah. Matter of fact, he didn't even get a chance to return a punt, and if he did, it may have been one. Yeah, He didn't even get a chance to get any motion going at all because punt team was so good. Now, I know it's not Phil Snow doesn't have a direct reflection on special teams. I'm aware of that. That's not lost upon me. But I just want to kind of point out some of the, some of the positives. Yeah. Because there's not many. And I have a lot to I have a lot to rant about. Yeah. So I just want to get some of the shit like that out of the way. Yeah. Defense, hell of a job. Like you said, I will agree with you that you can only do so much as a defense. Yeah. I will agree with that. You can only do so much when your offense continues week in and week out, drive in and drive out to put you in shit situations. Yeah. I agree with you there. But that first drive out of halftime or second drive, whichever one it was, I, 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 I I can't sit by and watch that shit without saying something. Yeah. Because we study this shit too much. I know the in and outs of this shit too much. I watch film too much. To not differentiate between Is this a player issue And you not having the guys Or is this a fucking coaching issue And simply put The game Sunday was a coaching issue
1: Yeah, The whole thing I I agree And just to go back to um, my previous statement I definitely think it was more so on the coaching Than the players in itself Because if you go and look at the stats Or you don't even really have to go look at the stats Just go watch the game If you watch the game Brian Burns had, I think he had two sacks, maybe two or three tackles for loss. And when you're, when you're sending four or you're sending five, like we have a very high success rate. We, Daniel Jones was very uncomfortable in the pocket when we sent four or five. And we also played the run great. A big turnaround from last week. Uh, I think one of the statistics was we was the number one team in run defense this week. We was great at the highest number one run defense this week. And so that speaks a lot, Uh, especially when you take into account what happened last week with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just ran it down our throat. So, I mean, I think defense played a a very good game up front. And so that's why I really don't understand why is Brian Burns dropping back in coverage 15 times throughout this game? Can somebody please go show me a play where Brian Burns has played in coverage and went and got a pick? has played in coverage and went and broke up a pass has played in coverage and scared the quarterback to where he didn't throw the ball in that area. So it's like, it is no success there. So why is he in coverage? And my thing is if you put Brian Burns in coverage, who the fuck do you have on the defensive line to go and get the quarterback other than DB? I don't see nobody else on the defensive line. That's going to go and get after the quarterback. That's going to get a good push on the offensive line to go and set the quarterback if Brian Burns is not on the edge causing havoc. So I really didn't understand why he was playing in coverage for 15 snaps out of this game. That made no sense in the times that he was in coverage. He looked like he didn't even know what the fuck he was doing. So it's like that looked like something that was just implemented this week in practice. So and and it's like if you're going to do something like that, at least the player at least has to know what he's doing. Half of the time it looked like he didn't even know where his assignment was. So it's like, why is he in Brian Burns' foot and hand should be in the ground every play. He should be going to get the quarterback every play. He's our best player on the defensive line. Arguably our best player on defense. So why is he not going after the quarterback? Do we see Miles Garrett sitting in coverage? Never. So I mean, I I, I don't get it. That that really threw me off. But I, I do think the um Frankie Louvu. I apologize for Frankie Lou because yeah. I came in here and shitted on him last week.
0: Yeah, man. I'm not yeah, going to lie. On my
1: yeah, I shitted on him last week. But I think that was more so of my attitude towards the defense in the hole because they did look like shit last week. And so nobody was getting to the ball and nobody was making tackles. But we did a great job in getting to the ball. Saquon Barkley did not have a big day. At all. We neutralized the run very good. He did not have a big day. I wouldn't even say there was a really big day in the passing game other than when we didn't get a pass rush on the quarterback. And so the defense played very good. Frankie Loubo in specific, I think he had four tackles for loss. He had a pass deflection. Almost would have been a pick. Should have been a pick. Yeah, if he had called that, then he might have would've cribbed that and we would have been up a touchdown going in the half. Yeah.
0: And that was a doubt that to me was a big moment in that game because even if you don't get a touchdown, even if we get stopped short, whatever may have you, we're still up. We're still up three oh. Yeah. Kick a field goal or something. And I'm saying three oh just because that's how I think about the score. Yeah. Tie the game up is zero zero either way, no matter I mean, it don't matter how many points are on the board. Yeah. Either way, like I said, we we go up three oh, bare minimum.
1: Yeah. That's a fact. And I think the uh JC Horn played a very good game. Um it was times where he I know I have seen a lot of people pointing out he got beat by Sterling Shepard. But that's just because Daniel Jones has so much time to throw the ball. And so it's like Sterling Shepard got behind him. But it wasn't a completion, so that really doesn't fucking matter, honestly. Yeah. So I think that J.C. Horn played, he played a way better game than he played last week. Um, Dante Jackson played a very good game. I seen him come up and make a, some great tackles. And I just think the defense played an all-around good game this week. And it's sorry to say that the offense just couldn't pick them up. Yeah. The offense just couldn't pick them up. And I would say that goes back to coaching because there's no way that you design plays that can't get you down the field because I think the offensive line did a fairly good job in blocking this week because there was a lot of times where Baker had time to throw the ball. Baker had time to make some plays and throw the ball. And I don't know if people wasn't winning their routes. Of course, we had two drops by Shaw Smith, but other times people wasn't winning their routes. It wasn't shit open, the play call was shitty, so we just really couldn't get anything rolling. Um, C-Mac did have, uh, this was his first 100 yard game since 2019, I think, so that he did hit a milestone. I still didn't think he got enough touches. He didn't get, they didn't involve him enough in the offense, which I'm really so confused on that. Like, I don't understand what the deal is with being McAdoo. I don't understand what he's trying to do. And then it pisses me off even more when the coaches get in this press conference and then act like they can't take accountability for something or act like they don't have any authority over the team, specifically speaking on Matt Rule, because he gets in this press conference, they're asking him questions, and he's like, oh, I, I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to put more guys in. I mean, did you not see that in the first half? Shaw Smith dropped two passes. He's not winning his routes. Why is Rashard Higgins not playing? I don't understand. We went to training camp. Yeah. We seen the connection that Rashard Higgins and Baker had. Why is Rashard Higgins not in the game? And so that's something that I don't get. And it's something that Matt Rule never has a fucking answer for. And so that's what really pisses me off about the coaching staff in general. Because he's the head coach. The coaches, they, they follow what you do. They go based off how you go. If they see that you a bunch of bullshit, you get in here, you don't hold players accountable, you don't hold them accountable, then they're gonna they're gonna continue to run over you. They're gonna continue to run the show how they want to run the show, and obviously that's not translating to fucking wins. So at this point, there's only one obvious solution. Get rid of that bitch. Get rid of the whole coaching staff. So I mean, I, I'm not gonna dive too deep into that. So
0: Yeah. I mean, I I agree. I agree. Y'all know that I'll come in here this year. Um, the first two episodes that we done, you know, we did the week one preview before we played Cleveland, then we did the recap and the preview for this week. Y'all know that I, I've, I've, up until this week, I have forgiven that rule. Um, I felt like a lot of the fan base was being unfair to him, not giving him a shot to be successful this year. You know, um, because we did know coming into this week that Dave Tepper, or excuse me, coming into this year. That Dave Tepper already made it abundantly clear that Matt Rule will have another shot. So we should have been at peace with that over the offseason, that this is what we have to deal with. And to give the guy a shot, bringing Ben McAdoo, a couple of other guys in on the coaching staff that has had success in the past in this league. Um, but I agree. I mean, unfortunately, it's time. Unfortunately, it's time. And really, it's not unfortunate because. This is what we have to sit through week in and week out and it's been the same story for the past two years. Two years and two games. Every single week. And I totally agree with you that. Every time, and this this was my biggest problem last year because like I said, bro, we study this shit so we watching all of these press conferences, all of this shit. There's no reason why you should come into a press conference stating, quote, we have to give guys other opportunities Or we have to give other guys opportunities You have the ability to give these people that you speak of The opportunities that you're talking about You call the shot, So I don't understand It's just so lost upon me So befuddling That this nigga acts like he has no control And this was my biggest thing last year Always acting like he has no control over nothing. yeah so if that's the case, who in the fuck is calling the shots? who is coming out with the final depth chart? Who's assigning playing time? Like like what is happening? Is it one of those situations where you you know you give that freedom to your coaches, to your coordinators? Because when you come in and say we had to give God opportunities and for me, outside of looking in, you're the one that has the potential to allow them these opportunities that you speak of. I just don't get it. I do not get it at all. So unfortunately, like I said, the answer is to fire Matt Rule, like you stated. You
1: you have to. And and not to cut you off, but... If if you are leaving that up to your coaches, you're fucking zero and two now. So from this point forward, I'm not leaving shit up to them. Right. I'm having to say so and everything. I'm not leaving nothing up to them. Right. Rashard Higgins sat on the sideline with his hat on all day, so that just gives me the impression. That he came into the game knowing he wasn't about to play.
0: Yeah, cause there was no helmet on his head. Yeah, there was
1: no helmet in his hand. So I'm I'm confused. It wasn't even a helmet in sight. He he came in the game knowing he' about to chill all game. So what conversation did y'all have before the game? Why is he not playing? The reporter asked him, "What? So what's the deal with Rashard Higgins? Is it a is it a play calling thing? Like is it him not knowing the offense?" Matt Rule, oh, no, no, it's none of that. Uh, he knows the offense. So why the fuck is he not playing?
0: No answers.
1: Like why is he not playing? And then he deflects the question. He always beats around the bush about the question. And then you get Phil Snow coming in the press conference just making these dumbass faces, <laughs> so nonchalant about everything. I'm like, "Bro, like the coaches, they just have no they just have no passion like and it reflects on the field. It reflects on the field because how they play on the field starts with the coaching staff. It starts with the coaching staff, and if they can't get things together in their little circle, then you're not going to have a a good football team. You can't run a good football team if the coaches are not on the same page. And if Matt rule doesn't know why certain stuff is happening, if he doesn't know why Rashard Higgins is not getting in the game, if he doesn't know why we only send three fucking people on the pass rush. Like, then what the fuck is going on within the coaches? You don't have your foot in anything. They're re- they literally just running
0: around you doing what they want to do. So, I-, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's no it's, there's no leadership, and that's been the problem. And another thing I'm sick and tired of hearing, out of out of Matt Rule's mouth, is that we're close. I I, I I'm so fucking sick and tired of hearing that. I've been hearing that since week twelve, week eleven last year. I'm so fucking sick and tired. Of hearing that word close Because with this team With the weapons that you have Offensively and defensively At some point Close is not good enough And that's the point that I'm at now I don't want to fucking hear anymore That we're close Because we've been close for fucking 30 weeks According to you I don't want to hear that word close At some point, you have to fucking win these games that you have a chance to win. We're not getting... It's not like we're coming out and getting the dog shit beat out of us. That's not the case. It comes down to a couple plays here and there. Motherfuckers not, you know, not executing. We decide to send three men out of halftime. We don't convert on an easy interception directly to our hands before halftime. Christian McCaffrey only getting 19 touches when the motherfucker is averaging 6.8 yards a carry. So I don't want to fucking hear any more that we're close. I want to hear fucking accountability. But it goes back just to... I mean, it just proves my theory last year that this nigga has no control over what is going on. And if you listen close enough to the press conference he tells you that he has absolutely no control of what is going on. It's abundantly clear. If you sit and you listen to this motherfucker talk, he has no control over what is happening. And if he does, then that's an even bigger problem. Because if me and you can sit back and dissect this shit and see what the issue is, see when we're successful and see when we're not and you as an NFL coach can't or you can't put your guys in a position to be successful that is an issue
1: yeah
0: and it's a level of incompetence a level of incompetence that I'm sick and tired of seeing and then like you said we can never get straightforward answers never we can never get straightforward answers And I'm going to tell you another thing. With all due respect, if this motherfucker Chuba Hubbard comes out on kick return this week against New Orleans, I'm going to be pissed. You can't give the ball up twice. That's the reason why we're getting rammed in the turnover game. That and the fact defense can't generate turnovers for whatever the fuck reason. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. I'm going to have a huge problem if you have Rashad Higgins, LaVisca Chenault, oh, and by the way, Christian McCaffrey, on your roster, on your lineup, in your depth chart, all with the ability to return punts and or kicks. I'm going to have a huge problem if Chuba Hubbard is returning kicks again this week. Yeah. Because he generated nothing. And maybe it's a unit thing because the week before, Andre Roberts, whatever the fuck, that's his name, Andre that, Roberts? That, unfortunately. Yeah. That nigga won't generate a shit the week before either. Dan before he went down. So, yeah. So maybe it's a unit thing. I don't know. What I do know is that I don't want to see that motherfucker back there again. Really? Because my boy Jake, he said something to me before the season even started. He said, with Christian McCaffrey and Deontay Foreman both healthy and both having the ability to run the football efficiently, I don't want to see Chuba Hubbard get any touches, (laughs) let alone four, five, six touches a game based on, you know, them kicking field goals or whatever, based on the fact that he's back there in the return game. I don't want to see Chuba Hubbard on the field at all. Really, because he's he's sorry. He's sorry. And I say that with all due respect. Listen, any of the players, y'all watch this podcast, whatever, y'all hear the podcast somehow. Our frustration is due to the fact that we haven't been successful for the past two or three years. And all of this shit is being said respectfully. But it's it's being said from a business standpoint, not from a personal standpoint. Chuba Hubbard probably is a fucking phenomenal guy. But when you put them fucking pads on I don't give a fuck About none of that nice guy shit If you can't get the job done You fucking sit your ass on the bench Or you fucking go get a job At fucking Whole Foods okay. One of the two <laughs> One of the two bro I'm, I'm, I'm so serious though Like You know we can laugh about it now Because it's, it's been a couple days So we've had time to cope <laughs> But I'm telling y'all right now, Sunday and even fucking yesterday, if we would have got on this fucking pod, I wouldn't have been as pleasant as I am today. And I know I don't sound pleasant at all. I already know. Because it's the same shit, the same story week in and week out, year in and year out with Matt Rule or a Matt Rule led team. Every fucking week We have to deal with the same thing And then Like I told y'all last year The shit that pisses me off the most Is the fact that we losing these games And then I have to fucking sit back And listen to this motherfucker talk Like he has no control over his team Makes me sick to my stomach Go back to a point that you tapped on, that you touched on earlier. We said last week, me personally, I said 22 to 25. You said 30. And with all due respect to the, the the offense as a whole, you probably are closer with your number than I am with mine.
1: You give them 30, we win the game.
0: You give them 30, we win the football game. He's averaging 6.8 yards a carry, dog. That's what he did this week. yards a carry and he got what 15 on the ground? 15. Then you don't send him it, you don't send him, you know, out to catch any passes, run any true routes. I don't get that, bro. I don't get it either, bro. I don't get that. That how we utilize Christian
1: McCaffrey his first couple years in the league, he was running the ball out the backfield. But he was also our most effective receiver in the pass game. Right. Because you put a
0: linebacker in front of him, cooked. They're they're food. You you put a linebacker in front of him, they are cooked. And that's one of the things we talked about. Exactly. Last week, we specifically said, bro, these linebackers for the New York Giants cannot cover this nigga. Can't cover him. Not even a shot in hell that they can cover him. There's no... Bro, I'm telling you, if we would have sent that nigga out 15 times... Last week, he would have won 15 reps. I agree. Those linebackers are way too slow to cover Christian McCaffrey, if you don't know who we're speaking about. It makes no sense.
1: Yeah. To me, it looked like they were sending him on almost like dummy routes. Which to, is outrageous. Yeah, to get other receivers open, but they ain't doing shit. And you got a quarterback, he ain't really making no no plays. So why is he why is Christian McCaffrey coming out the backfield, jogging on a little fucking out route, whatever it is, a swing route like that's not that's not doing anything. And so if he can't be effective in the pass game, we ain't even using them properly in the run game. What the fuck are we doing with
0: him? Same what are we doing? with
1: him? Just like you said, if we have them, use them. If we have them, use them. He's our key to winning football games. When Christian McCaffrey is healthy, Christian McCaffrey can win you a lot of football games. Even if you got a shit quarterback back there. You get the ball out to him, he's going to go make two or three people miss. He's getting six, seven yards a carry. So I, I really don't understand that. And that's, I keep, I hate I keep having to say it, but it goes down to play calling. It goes back to the coaching staff. You know how many coaches in the league would kill to have Christian McCaffrey coming out of their backfield? And then we got him doing these little dumbass routes. He's not even getting the ball on his drives throughout the game where he doesn't even touch the ball. There should be no drive throughout the game where Christian McCaffrey does not touch the football. That, That makes absolutely no sense at all. There should be no drive where he doesn't touch the football. So I really don't get how hard that is to see for the offensive coaches, for the head coach. It, 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 you can know the slightest bit about football and watch Christian McCaffrey and know that he's the best player on the field. You can watch him and know that he needs the ball every drive of the game. But for some reason, we're okay with sending him out there and not, not giving him the ball at
0: all, Yeah, in leaving the, the ball in, in Baker's hands. Yeah, in the fourth quarter specifically,
1: when, it's, when it's
0: winning time. Makes no sense The the last drive Or the second to last drive And he didn't touch He didn't touch the football at all
1: I I don't get it I I really don't I I need an explanation If anybody out there Can give me an explanation I need to hear it Oh I need an explanation Because I, I don't get it It's hard for me to grasp that concept And I'm no offensive coordinator I'm no coach I'm on the outside looking in But I can see That Christian McCaffrey Is the best player on the field When he steps on the field Therefore, your best player needs the football. Yeah.
0: And it's just a lack of competence when he doesn't touch the football. Honestly. I mean, that's all it comes down to. Because anybody that you ask in the NFL, any fan that you ask in the NFL, at the bare minimum, they're putting Christian McCaffrey in their top five running backs. Facts. And to me, that's being gracious. Because he is a top three running back. Bare minimum. And you'll get a lot of people in this fan base, including yourself, that may be biased if you want to call it that. But you'll get a lot of people that will call him the best running back in the NFL. And really, you would be hard-pressed to give me evidence that states otherwise. Facts. Honestly. So the fact that he's only touching the ball 19 times is just preposterous. What was it last week? 11, 12, how many touches was it last week? I think he
1: might have touched it 14 times last week, I think, in total.
0: So 14, cool. We got a slight uptick with five touches. But when you come out and say before the season even starts that we're not going to babysit him, you know, we're not going to do this and that with Christian McCaffrey. We're not going to put any restrictions on his play. When you come out and say that as a head coach, And then one week he has 14 touches, the next week he has 19. He's not even cracking 20 touches. And I know a lot of running backs that are of lesser talent that are touching the football more. Yeah, It's really just mind-boggling to me. I can give you a prime example. Cam Akers this week for the Los Angeles Rams, after only touching the ball three times week one against the Buffalo Bills, touched the ball 18 times this week. Is he a better running back than Christian McCaffrey? Not even close, with all due respect. Okay. Not even close. I thought so. And he has, and also, by the way, he has another starting running back in the same backfield as him, in Darrell Henderson. Pathetic, bro. It's pathetic, honestly. So I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. it, it it's frustrating. It's frustrating. and I, I mean, because it's almost like we're saving them. For what, though? For what? Running backs
1: have a, a low shelf life. I hate that it is that way, but they just don't last long. That's a position where you just don't last long. And it's
0: sad to say, but what are we saving them for? Not shit. Because if you stay, I mean, if you stay on this pace, playoffs is not even a consideration at all. It's not even a th- Really, playoffs shouldn't even be a thought right now.
1: Winning a game should be.
0: That should be number one. <laughs> and that the thing should be is, number one.
1: Carolina is not an 0-2 football team. At all. And one of my friends, she she told me this yesterday. She's an Eagles fan. And I I don't like the Eagles. Based off the game I went to last year, <laughs> I, I cannot stand the Eagles. And she told me, she said, Carolina is not an 0-2 football team. I was like, I agree. I completely agree. And so it, it's just crazy that this team will go to waste because of shit coaching. This defense that we have now will go to waste because of shit coaching. So it'll be another season thrown down the drain because we don't have the proper personnel. We don't have the right coaches in place. And so I'm really not understanding what the owner is looking at, what the GM is looking at. I I don't get it. I don't get how this man gets so many chances. Like you said before, y'all decided to pay him all that fucking money Mm -hmm. coming out of college.
0: With an 0-11 record against ranked opponents.
1: Pathetic. Because he 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 could recruit. Good. Nice. He's not recruiting no fucking NFL players because nobody wants to go to a team with a college coach. Who the hell is he recruiting in the NFL? Who in the NFL is saying, I want to go and play with Matt Rule? Nobody. At all. And so that, that should be out the window. I don't care who the fuck he recruited in college. This ain't college. And so how many chances does this man get before he's out the door? Because quite frankly, Matt Rule shouldn't even been able to step off that fucking field. Hmm. He shouldn't even been able to step off that field without getting a phone call. Hey, pack your shit. (laughs) Pack your shit and find a new job. We'll pay you the rest of your money. Pack your shit and get the fuck out of Carolina. That should have been the only conversation he had coming out the field. So I'm I'm really not understanding, honestly.
0: I mean, it's just... And we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk about this for a second or two. Um, and actually I'm going to go ahead and bring the the rumor story in. I'm going to just read the whole shit, Uh, yeah. but we'll, we'll break it up. But it's just mind boggling to me. And I, just to go back to what you just said, you don't know what the owner is thinking. The only thing Dave Tepper is thinking about is his fucking pockets. And that's something that really pisses me the fuck off. Because this is the guy that came in, gave Ron Rivera, what, one year? Yeah. Maybe two? And as soon as he finished the season one or two games under five hundred, you had the audacity to fire him. Shit. After everything Ron Rivera did for Carolina, after everything he had to endure, You got rid of him. Same thing. I forget who I was. With. I heard a clip on Twitter. It's the same thing with the so- even the soccer coach. You brought, you brought this soccer team to Charlotte. Don't have any success throughout the first two weeks of the season. And you fire him. Because he wasn't resonating with the fan base. But then you come out of your fucking mouth and have the audacity to call your fan base just the fans in the basement. That always has something to say. Yeah, motherfucker, we do always have something to say because we're the ones that are fucking signing your checks. Facts. The reason why you exist in Charlotte is because of us. Yeah, cool. You could read the stock market and you could predict the future on that side. But for some reason, that shit did not translate to the football side of things. All this motherfucker cares about is his pockets. That shit pisses me off because we saw it with Ron Rivera. Shipped him. The soccer coach, the first two weeks of this nigga being in Charlotte. Shipped him. But yet Matt Rule, for whatever reason, time and time again, gets opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. It makes no sense. It's pathetic and it pisses me off. Because then you have the the nerve to come out and talk about the fan base. The audacity of you, motherfucker. Yeah. Like I said, we're the ones that put money in your pockets. We're the ones that have to spend. Oh, because you wanted to increase ticket price. 80, 90, 110, $120 to sit in section 515 at the fucking top of the stadium.
1: And watch your team
0: get this shit watch your, blasted. And get they shit blasted. Because the inability of your coaching staff to come up with a, 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 a game plan and stick to it and to come up with some shit that works, we have to sit back and watch this shit. And yet, time and time again, only thing we're supposed to do It's spend our money And just shut the fuck up I can go ahead and tell you I'm not the one And right now Cool My voice is You know It's not the largest Not many (laughs) people You know Know who the fuck we are But I think We speak for the entire fan base In echoing the sentiment That Matt Rule has to go And it's not just Matt Rule It's Matt Rule it's fucking Ben McAdoo and it's Phil Snow as well, because the audacity for you to disrespect us this off season, when the only thing you've done is come in, change our our field, which oh by the way that was a recruiting point in itself because a lot of people love playing on natural grass, and there would been there's been numerous instances where you've seen prior Panthers come out and say, yeah, that was one of the bigger reasons why I decided to go to Carolina it was because of natural gas. So the only, uh, excuse me, natural grass. So the only thing you did was come in and rip that up so you could put fucking concerts in there week in and week out. When niggas should be practicing in that bitch. Now, I know we have our own, you know, practice, our, our practice field or whatever may have you. But I, I say that just going back to when Eddie Pinero got signed and Matt Rule pretty much said that he had no opportunity to kick in the, uh, in the fucking stadium because there was concerts going on all week. So that's the only thing you've done. Put turf on the field, brought a mediocre uh, MLS team, fired the nigga that gave you you know some of the best years Carolina ha- has ever seen. And failed on a fucking headquarter A a headquarter plan Cause yeah Oh yeah by the way We didn't forget about that either Dave Tepper Since you wanna have the audacity To come out your mouth And be disrespectful We didn't didn't forget about How you nutted that away (laughs) Promised all of this shit Down in South Carolina You know One of the best practice facilities One of the best Headquarter facilities We didn't forget about that shit how you dick that shit away Since we, since we want to talk And come out of our mouths And be preposterous And be disrespectful So if that's the game that we're playing Let's talk about you motherfucker yeah, Cause you may true. think we forgot But we didn't
1: Shit it's crazy I agree
0: It's crazy So let, let, let's get into the into this rumor shit <laughs> Because I, I definitely got to tap on this and I'm going to read the whole thing so y'all just bear with me because it, 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 it's, it's lengthy. But when you, when you hear this shit, if you haven't heard it or seen it or read it already, when you hear this shit, I'm sure your stomach will turn just as mine did. So let me read this to y'all. And I, y'all already see I got my glasses on. So I'm going to try my best to see it. Again, I I'm gonna read this, but I want y'all to understand that this is completely unconfirmed. Came from some random nigga on Twitter, you know that holds no weight. We have no idea who this guy is, so I'm just gonna specify that before I even get this get this started. But the shit that he's saying, it would explain so much. And yeah. you read it too. I mean, yeah,
1: it makes complete sense to me.
0: Yeah, so. I'm going to read this. You take it with a grain of salt. But the only thing I want to do is provide information, whether it be a rumor or a confirmed fact. Because I think that even if the whole thing isn't completely true, I personally, personally believe that there is some truth to it. Yeah. Even if it's 15, 20%. So don't claim that we're spreading misinformation or none of that shit. Because I'm telling y'all right now, you take what I'm about to read to y'all With a grain of salt But for me personally As a fan As somebody that has free will Like I stated just a second ago I believe there's some truth to it I agree So here we go Quote Now again This comes from Cody Lack At Cody Lack on Twitter Again we don't, I don't know who the fuck this guy is not confirmed by the Panthers, you know, has no affiliation based on my knowledge. So no idea who this dude is, but this is something that was circulating around Saturday, uh, Saturday evening, around six or seven o'clock. So just listen. And you decide to believe it if you want to or not. For those of you who missed info on today's fr- uh, today's Friday free for all, a friend of mine slash friend of the c three. Panthers podcast ran into a former NFL veteran of many years. Not currently a Panther. Um, Says this guy has very close ties to the organization and to a certain coach in particular. Over the course of a two-hour conversation, these were some of the details. And he just goes to pinpoint some of the things, so just bear with me. It might sound like, you know, I'm reading choppy or whatever, but this is the way it was written. So, quote, many coaches and players on the Carolina Panthers have a real problem with with Phil Snow and his college-style defense. Something I agree with. Chief amongst them is none other than Steve Wilkes, who feels that our defense is made for the college game and incapable of being successful in the long term in the NFL. Steve Wilkes and Phil Snow got into a heated shouting argument one practice about safeties not being able to roll up and play linebacker effectively on run plays. Snow likes to keep three safeties on the field to help play the run and Steve Wilkes feels Jeremy Chin is the only one capable of doing so and players like Sean Chandler and Sam Franklin are nothing more than special team slash practice squad players. Something that I again agree with because them niggas ain't on shit. (laughs) Respectfully, of course, again, it's not a personal attack. It's just an attack on your ability to play the game of football at the highest level. In the world So first and foremost The audacity Matter of fact I'm going to just keep reading I'm going to just keep reading So already we have a problem within the, organ, uh, within the coaching staff Because a nigga that's been here Way longer than you That's had way more success than you In the NFL Let alone within this organization Is telling you That shit is not going to fucking work Next slide Steve Wilkes and uh, Steve Wilkes and Phil Snow got into a heated shouted argument. Oh, excuse me, I'm on the net. For my apology, Paul Pasclani, no idea who that is, but D Lyman is firmly in the corner of Steve Steve Wilkes, and both of these men believe that we are too light at linebacker um, to be able to adequately stop the run consistently. This is largely due to the Phil Snow and his insistence on lighter linebackers who can run fast. This is why sometimes Snow feels his safeties and linebackers can be interchangeable in his defense. The feeling in the locker room is that the Panthers are too light on the edges of their D-line, which brings us to Carlos Dunlap. Carlos Dunlap wanted to come to Carolina, but Scott Fitter uh, had his hands tied. Matt Rule was making everyone earn their position, so therefore, Scott could not guarantee Carlos what position he would be playing or starter money. So, Carlos chose the Chiefs. Mind you, this is after we lost, uh, let Hassan Reddick walk. One of the best pass rushers in the league last year. And they had us sold on Itor Rosmatos. Again, ain't done shit. Ain't done a motherfucking thing. And again, everything is being said with all due respect to you as a person. So, don't get the two confused. Derek Brown wants to be used as a pass rushing D-tackle. And even lost weight in order to do so as the team advised him to do. However, the team couldn't find a big enough presence to fit his role in the middle of the line. So he is basically now lighter for no reason. Next next quote. Jeremy Chen and Phil Snow aren't on a speaking aren't on speaking terms anymore after a disagreement between the two of them last year over how he uh how he should be played. Jeremy Chen has allegedly since spoken with David Tepper and told him he believes he can be a great player but not at three different positions. And it says, he goes on to say, this next one is really sad. Brian Burns doesn't care if he is an edge rusher in a 4-3 or an outside linebacker in a 3-4, but doesn't feel his future in Carolina, or excuse me, doesn't feel as though his future is in Carolina under these set of coaches. He has apparently told this to players, uh, former Panthers veterans, like Steve Smith and Julius Peppers. Speaking of veterans, Luke Kuechly only comes back around because he loves the Panthers and has a lot of respect for Steve Wilkes and Al Hokum. but he would never coach for this regime. It's part of the reason why he resigned his front office job. And last but certainly certainly not least, and this is the and this is the one that made my stomach turn because already as I'm reading this shit, I can feel my 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 blood pressure just increasing, 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 and then this is the shit. That that, that that gave me fucking a stomach ache for an hour and a half And last but certainly not least Matt Rule always speaks to David Tepper with, with Phil Snow at his side And at least on one occasion Dave Tepper had to dismiss Snow in order to talk to Matt in private Long story short Matt Rule is a puppet Phil Snow is the puppet master now, there's a lot, of, a lot to dissect in everything that I just read. Again, take what I just read with a grain of salt. I don't know this to be true, untrue, whatever may have you. It's up to you to believe what you want to believe, right? I'm just here for content purposes. That's what we're here for. Yeah. To deliver content to the best of our ability to deliver a good show to the best of our ability week in and week out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this was something that was trending on Panthers Twitter. So I wouldn't be doing my job, we wouldn't be doing our due diligence if we didn't bring this up to the fan base. Right? Yeah. So it's so much to dissecting this whole thing. First and foremost, nigga, Phil Snow, You have no right to open your mouth and disrespect somebody like Steve Wilks. If you don't know who Steve Wilks is and you don't know what he's done for this organization, go do your research because I don't have the time to even begin to tell you the influence that he's had on our culture or on our previous culture because this new shit, I don't know what the fuck it is. But Phil Snow, Why do you think That you have the ability To to Be disrespectful And start an argument With a nigga That's more proven Than you In this league What makes you feel As though you have You know You have that leverage He's right That shit is dumb Nigga It does not work. You don't have the guys to do it. Like he said, again, hearsay. This is what this fucking whole statement is. This whole thing that I just read. But like this dude said, allegedly Steve Wilkes told Phil Snow, the only nigga that has the ability to do that is Jeremy Chit. Oh, and by the way, Jeremy Chen had a conversation with Dave Tepper and told that motherfucker, listen, I don't want to keep playing three positions, bro. I need to be in one set position because when I am there, I have the opportunity and the potential to be great, which I displayed to you year number one when I got robbed of defensive rookie of the year.
1: All right.
0: So he's telling you. So Phil Snow, no, this three safety look, whatever you try to do, nigga, we don't want to see it because nobody can do it but Jeremy Chin. The whole Luke Kuechly situation. Absolute genius. We saw it year in and year out. To me, one of the best linebackers, one of the best middle linebackers to ever grace the game of football. Ever. Right. And was number the number one linebacker Arguably for his the duration of his eight nine ten year career
1: defense uh, defensive player of the year his second year in the league huh. <laughs> so I mean that that just displays his credentials right there
0: yeah that's all that needs to be said right there so that shit makes me sick too, because he wants to be a part of what's going on. But he just can't I mean, it's just sounding like the the organization is just so incompetent that he can't even bring himself to fucking be around the shit. Yeah. Because, yeah, I do remember this offseason, Luke keekley did have a front office job yeah. or they were saying that he, he was did. coming on onto the coaching staff or something. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just disappeared. Yeah. With no explanation. I mean, no statement. Nothing at all. So that was very strange to me even before I, I read this whole uh, little article or whatever the fuck you want to call it. That was already strange to me. Yeah. Again, the audacity of this regime to not show respect to the niggas have, that have been here before and have done this shit at the highest level.
1: Ha- and had success with it.
0: And had success with it. One of the best NFL seasons by a team as a whole ever. 15 and one. Steve Wilkes and Luke Kuechly were both a part of that team. Yeah. So, we're just going to continue to dismiss the niggas that have done it before us when the past three or four years since we've been here, we've had no success. Four years being Dave Tepper Three years being Phil Snow and and Matt Rule. Yeah. We're just going to continue to dismiss that? Okay, cool, I guess.
1: Yeah, and just, and like J.J. said, this came from someone we, we don't know who he is. So like he said, take it with a grain of salt. We're not saying that this is facts, that this is a reliable source. This is just something that, we stumbled across um, last week, and if you if you watch the Panthers, huh. then you can kind of like nitpick what's in those statements, and you can see truth of that, because specifically a situation with the linebackers. So, Carolina is known at, to have a fast defense, in which we do have. Yep, but also. That has caused us a bunch of problems other than last this past week that we have not been able to stop the run. Because we can get to the ball, we can't break down and make tackles. So all our speed is allowing us to do is get to the ball carrier, but we can't tackle. And that, that just goes to show that part of that statement is true. <laughs> that you right. don't have linebackers who can come in or safeties who can come in and break down and make a tackle. Mm-hmm. And if you paid attention to the offseason in the previous years, we've had so many linebackers come in and go. We wow. we haven't had a set number of linebackers, and I don't know how long since TD and Luke left, yep.
0: I would say. Shaq Thompson has and, been hurt. Yeah. And then the other guys that you bring in, i.e. Jermaine Carter, who I felt like was a great linebacker and yeah. had a lot of potential. I felt I was very, very high on Jermaine Carter throughout the duration of his his, his uh, stint with the Carolina Panthers. Very high on him. And we let him walk. And we let him walk. And it, it's funny because, you know, on Twitter during Sundays, we're watching, we're watching, and then I go on Twitter and I see guys like Trey Boston and Jermaine Carter with these, you know, it's an underlying sense of sarcasm when they tweet because it's like we know some shit that y'all don't know and we're not privy enough to say but if only y'all knew what we knew, y'all will understand why this shit is going this way.
1: Yeah,
0: that's, that's the underlying sense that I get from them every single week when the Panthers lose or when they show an inability to do something successfully or over a uh, you know, consistent amount of time. That's the, that's the sense that I get every time they tweet. Yeah. So it's a problem. Like you said, you can take this statement however you want to take it but there must be some truth to it because the shit that he's saying lines up too much yeah like we said Frankie Luvu had a hell of a game this week Frankie Luvu had a tremendous game this week 10 tackles four of those for losses you know he he did drop the interception whatever may have you but i'm not necessarily going to fault a guy like that my only thing with that is we can't miss opportunities like that on a consistent basis yeah. if you want to be one of the top teams in the NFL It just cannot happen. Right? But if you look at it, some of this shit has to, it has to be remotely true. Yeah. Maybe not all of it. Maybe not even 60% of it. But some of it has to be true. And if under that 60% or inside of that 60% truth, if that statement Regarding Phil Snow and Matt Rule, it's true. It just goes to prove everything that I've been telling y'all about about Matt Rule for the past two two and a half years. Yeah, motherfucker, you can't even go into the owner's office and have a conversation without a nigga being right beside you. With all due respect, that's whole shit. Yeah. With all due respect. That's pussy shit. Again, if it is true. But really, nothing shows me that it wouldn't be true. Because if you just had a small amount of knowledge about football and the weapons that you have and the guys that you have defensively, there's no way that coming out of halftime after you stop them, force a punt, go score a touchdown after you do all of that. There's just simply no way that you continue to allow your defensive coordinator four or five plays out of the eight or nine in the drive. There's no way you allow him to continue to send three men in a rushing scheme, in a pass rushing scheme that has been working all game when you send four or more. Yeah. So that lets me know that, huh, maybe I am right that Matt Rule has no control over what the fuck is going on. And then I see some shit like this. Like I said, this shit made my stomach hurt so bad. And I wish that I was joking. Like y'all might think that I'm capping, but I'm dead ass serious. Like if Tavian was here right now, we were watching the ECU game together. You came a little bit later. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw the story at different times. Yeah. I sitting there as soon as I saw it. Or you sitting there. Whatever the fuck. I don't even know who's sitting it to who. But we saw it at different times. But if Tavian was here, our boy, that we chill with, again, another member of the lifestyle, if he was here, I would bring that nigga on the mic right now to confirm to y'all, I was sick to my stomach, bro. I was sick to my stomach legitimately Because you can't even go have a conversation Without this nigga being right by your side And the simple fact of the matter is If this is true The ending statement is right Matt Rule is the puppet And Phil Snow is the puppet master And if that's the case I don't know why Dave Tepper would continue to allow this to continue to happen
1: yeah, especially if something like that happened. I just feel like as a businessman, you, you're you're this guy's boss, but you can't even have a conversation with him without him bringing his, his sidekick along. Like, what, what kind of sense does that make? Bitch, that, that doesn't even logically make sense. Like, to be a grown man, and for you to go talk to your boss, you have to have your sidekick with you. And what workplace does that even logically make sense at all? But that just goes back to show you that they're running a very shitty organization right now. Yeah, 100%. But like I said, there's a solution for that. Send both of them in a package deal and get them the fuck out of
0: Carolina. Yeah. Like, that's a solution that can easily be fixed. And the thing about it is, you probably won't even be able to come up with a package deal that any NFL team that has any remotely a small amount of sense would accept. Just fire the fuck out of both of them. Yeah. And send Ben McAdoo ass with him. Honestly. Because he's shown us nothing the past two weeks. At all. And my problem. we can Let's dive into this shit a little bit more. Again, we're going a little bit longer than we did last week but we have to because we both got shit we want to say. Yeah. And we both got shit to get off our chest. This is my problem with this, regi- with this regime and this organization. From the very jump since Dave Tepper came in the door, it was always a dick swing contest with him. It was always an ego fest. Right? Always. Uh, Ron Rivera, like I said, gave everything to this team Damn near gave his life. Legitimately. Yeah. Damn near gave his life to this organization. And what he felt as though the, Pan- the Carolina Panthers stood for. You get him gone. Cool. You bring your guy in. He shows no improvement. Shows absolutely nothing. Wins five games, two consecutive years. And because you're so stubborn... Because you don't want to eat the contract Because you don't want to swallow your pride You roll this nigga out for another year Mind you And I again I know Urban Meyer He had some off field shit too I know he was doing some other bullshit You know Off the field With the kicking of his kicker And then you know Filling up on a young harlot in the bar After a loss I know Right But Urban Meyer lasted how many How many weeks With the Jacksonville Jaguars
1: Shit not long <laughs> Before he was out of there I, re- I really shit. don't even know But it wasn't long at all Before he
0: was shipped. Oh and
1: by the way Urban
0: Meyer was a way far uh, A far more superior head coach On a college level Than Matt Rule could even dream about being I agree By 100%. the way 100% Everything in this regime Is an ego thing Everything. Same thing again. Another example. Last year. First, Matt Rule, the first thing you do is come in and you lie to us. As soon as, as soon as you become a head coach, first thing you do, you come in, you lie to us. Oh, yeah. Cam Newton or our guy. We're rocking with Cam Newton. Two, three weeks later, after his hands are tied now, now you tell him he can look for a, a, a trade partner or whatever the fuck but not too long after you make that statement, Cam Newton is no longer a Carolina Panther. Okay, cool. Fast forward to last year. Sam, we bring Sam Darnold in. He plays like bullshit. Now you have to now you have to find another answer after he gets injured. Mind you, this whole time there's never any even a lick of accountability placed on Sam Darnold. Because don't forget where what my point is here. Everything is an ego thing. So because your guy, your actual guy that you wanted to bring in was Sam Darnold, you never put any accountability on him. In the press conferences, you never say shit about his poor play. It's always our defense has to be better. Other guys on the offense have to make has to make plays. People have to get open. It's always a fucking excuse when Sam Darnold was a starting quarterback. But then as soon as Cam Newton comes in, because that's not your guy and never was your guy, once you bring him in, everything falls on the quarterback. So again, another instance of ego being a problem. Phil Snow. Niggas are telling you, though, don't get me wrong. We've had one of the best defenses in the league the past two years consecutively yeah. statistically motherfuckers are telling you that this shit is not going to hold up what you're trying to do oh cause by the way though our offense has looked like shit the past two years that doesn't slight the fact that we only won five games last year and we, oh, and we won what none this year cool <laughs> it's an ego thing Everything in this regime is always an ego thing for whatever the fuck reason. Little dick syndrome. That's what this shit is. It's either, you either have big dick energy or you have little dick syndrome. There's no in between. Everything, everything in this regime, every time I see a fucking story come out, whether it be true or false, again, you take what we read with a grain of salt. Everything I see come out It's always some little dick syndrome. Every time I see Matt Rule go to the podium, it's little dick syndrome. Like, motherfucker, you don't got control over shit. You got to have a nigga hold your hand and coddle you when you go speak to your boss, when you have to, you know, show a, a, a slight sense of accountability. You have to have a nigga hold your hand. Little dick syndrome. Motherfuckers telling Phil Snow, bro, this ain't going to work, dog. Jeremy Chin allegedly going to Dave Tepper telling him, bro, I got to be in a set position because what's happening right now ain't going to work for me in the future. I don't feel like I'm going to be able to reach my full potential. I agree. Brian Burns allegedly telling Steve Smith and Julius Peppers, two of the greatest Panthers to ever walk the face of the earth. yo, you know, I, I I feel like I'm a dog, and I don't give a fuck if they put me in a four three or a three four. I'm gonna go get it either way. But I can't do this shit under this regime, and that's a direct reflection of Phil Snow and the way he coaches his defense, and the way this coaching staff as a whole coaches the team as a whole. Yeah. Little Dick Syndrome. Because your ego won't allow you to listen to the guys around you that have had success and you take the current players out of it. Your ego won't allow you to listen to a guy like Steve Steve Wilkes. It won't allow you to bring a legend in like Luke Keekly and give him any say in what's going on. Little Dick Syndrome. Everything about this organization and the current regime that is the Carolina Panthers is an ego thing. It's a pissing contest because it's either your way or the highway. That's not how this shit work. That is not, that is not how successful NFL franchises are built. I was promised when Dave Tepper came into this organization, I was promised to see a complete revamp and nothing but success now success is subjective of course but in that same breath i feel as though we've seen nothing but failures and missed opportunities bullshit and bullshit i was promised when matt rule came in here that the only thing i was going to see was wins i was told that it was, it might take a year or a year and a half but after that, we will be one of the one of the best football teams in the league. That's what I was told as a fan of the Carolina Panthers. I wasn't mentally prepared for everything that ensued after these statements being made to be an ego thing to niggas not not allowing others input input excuse me to be successful. This is the shit that I was told as a fan So my expectations By no stretch of the imagination Are being reached But let Dave uh, Dave Tepper tell the story My expectations doesn't matter Because the only thing I'm doing Allegedly is sitting in my mom's basement And tweeting on the phone That's how, how Dave Tepper sees us that's the the lack of respect that the fan base we get. It's a fucking ego thing. Cause you don't want to admit that you're wrong. That's a problem. You got anything to say?
1: Um, I, I pretty much agree with everything JJ said. Like, just this string of tweets or. Whatever they were, I mean, like I said earlier, take it with a grain of salt. But if you watch the team, then there's a lot of truth to the stuff that was said that I can see personally. Right. There's a lot of truth. And it's reflecting in the play Um, with Jeremy Chan being bounced around in different positions. Like, you can see that on the field. And I just feel like maybe I'm reaching. But it was like a few times in the past week or two, it looked like he didn't know his assignment, and I don't think that's necessarily on Jeremy Chin, but it's because he doesn't have a designated assignment. It's something different every week. Game in and game out is something different, and so it's like you, how can you expect somebody to continue to put up with that and thrive at their best in that position? If he's bounced around Every other game So it's like It's just not gonna work And if you watch NFL football And if you go watch College football That is college bullshit No disrespect to college football But that just doesn't Translate to the NFL
0: Right Cause there's levels to this shit
1: Yeah These are grown men The talent is different So it's like That doesn't translate So something has to be Switched up And just the way they're doing it is just, it's not going to translate to any wins. The reason why we're sitting at fucking 0-2 now.
0: Against Jacoby Brissett and Daniel Jones with all due respect.
1: Sitting at 0-2 against those two quarterbacks. And so, like you said, it it's an ego thing. People don't want to swallow their pride. They, they don't want to admit when they're wrong. They can't take constructive criticism. Because I just feel like they think they're they're too high and mighty, have too much power to take constructive criticism, to hear from people who've came before you, who've had more success than you. Luke Kuechly was on the team that went 15-1, went to the Super Bowl. Luke Kuechly was on the team that had the best defense in the league that year. Hmm. So why is Luke Kuechly, for a player like Luke Kuechly, as we know he is, and just by... The way he interacts with the media, you would think that Luke Keekly would want to be around his previous organization. This is the only team that he's played for throughout his career. So I know that when Luke was presented that opportunity, that is something that he wanted to do. I know when he retired, he wanted to be a part of this organization still. Right. And so to see that he's not taking any part in that. I know that that has something to completely do with the fucked up organization that ownership that we are currently under. And so when stuff like that happens it's just a reflection on the organization and it just it just reflects on the field. That's really all I got to say about it honestly.
0: Yeah. And I mean yeah, absolutely right, bro. Because if this if these are the type of things that are going on behind closed doors, the things that we're, we as a as a fan aren't able to see. If this is the shit that's going on behind closed doors, I mean it makes complete sense. Yeah. How can you go into a football game and be focused on your job, what you have to do on the field, when you have all of these egos to deal with off uh, off the field, when you have one motherfucker telling you one thing, another motherfucker telling you another thing, and you got to choose sides? Everybody should be under one accord. Yeah. Everybody should have the same goal in mind. That's what we see with the most successful teams in the NFL. That's what we're seeing currently with the Buffalo Bills and the way Sean McDermott is running his organization. Or running his team, I should say. That's what we see currently with the Philadelphia Eagles playing at a top tier level. You have motherfuckers that are bought in to what is going on because the goal is clear cut. Go 1-0 every single week so at the end of the day we can host the Lombardi Trophy. That's the goal. That's what we saw for damn near over two decades in New England with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick because, yes, if you don't do it my way, then it's the highway. But at the same time, if you buy in, I promise you, you're going to reap nothing but the benefits of success. Yeah. So we've seen this happen before. Guys that have come in Established their culture and be successful with it. But when the goal is not clear cut and everybody has their own egos in the way, everybody has their own ulterior motive, this is what is going to happen. You're going to look like a shit show on, on the field on Sundays. And that's what's currently happening now. And that's what's currently happening now. It has been happening for the for past three years. Right. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. So it's a problem. It's a problem. We'll move on just to get things kind of going. I mean, like I said, it's, it's kind of a longer episode. Um, We'll move on again. and 2 yep. against two quarterbacks really that, that, I mean, again, with all due respect, With the defense that we have Should have no business Even thinking about Getting a win over us Um, I mean it's just It's just crazy to me Uh, Got Jameis Winston And the Saints this week Now they didn't look the best This past week Against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers But listen This is the game one Of our NFC South uh, schedule like I said we're 0-2 already the Buccaneers already have a two game lead over us the Saints already have a one game lead over us and the Falcons though they lost this past week showed a, 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 I mean just showed a res- complete resilience and really almost clipped the Los Angeles Rams this week if a couple of plays you know go a different way yeah so over the next You know Over the span of the next Four games that we have We've already shown The inability to beat Jacoby Brissett And Daniel Jones And then you have to play The New Orleans Saints Who as an organization You know The past 10, 15, 20 years Have seen success At the highest level Grimy Grimy ass motherfuckers Yeah Nasty Punch you in your mouth We have them. We have Kyler Murray. We have Jimmy Garoppolo. Which, I mean, you can make an argument. He's an average quarterback as well. He kind of uh, falls under that Daniel Jones category to me. But -hmm. you can make an argument that he's a bit better than both the quarterbacks that we've already played. And then week six, you have the Los Angeles Rams. Whom I predict at that point will be clicking on all cylinders. Yeah. So the first 2 weeks were the easy part of our schedule. That was the easy part. Because by the way, you have to play Cincinnati this year. You have to play Baltimore this year. You have to play uh Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, though they look like, you know, Russ looks like a shell of himself at this very moment. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. But these are the teams that you have to play. So this was the easy part of your schedule. This is the part you were supposed to go 2-0. Because shit gets a little more difficult as time goes on this year. Yet you don't even split. You don't even go 500. And now you're standing there with your dick in your hand. Because everybody in the organization has an ego problem.
1: Yeah,
0: That's what it comes down to. Everybody in the organization has to show pride. Doesn't have the ability, like you said, to take constructive criticism. Everybody wants to do it their way. And there's been over the past three years, there's, no, there's been no foundation set. There's been no clear cut goal. Because goal, well, goal one, year one. was establish a foundation and then go to year two bring in my guys from Matt Rule's perspective so there's no clear cut goal and now this is the issue that we run into with trouble looming around the corner
1: yeah very much so
0: this to me We were very high coming in here. Very, very high on the Carolina Panthers over the offseason and preseason. Some of the accusations that we made. This to me could very, 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 very easily turn exceptionally bad. This season to me has the potential damn near to be a two to three win season. If motherfuckers don't, don't swallow their pride and make the changes that need to happen. Step one being get Matt Rule, get Phil Snow, and get Ben McAdoo the fuck out of Carolina as soon as possible. Because the more and more time you wait, the further and further along you push this shit off, it's just resulting in losses. It's resulting in losses. So you, you come out, you go back home, you go back to BOA, What do we have? I think we have two or three games in a row at BOA, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think it's something like that. You fuck around and you lose the Saints game, Dave Tepper, guess what? That attendance is going to drop.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: You fuck around and you come out week four against Arizona at home, the attendance might be slightly better because they're going to be there to see Kyler Murray, but it won't be to see your team. And then that next week, again, week five against the 49ers, your attendance will drop.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? So this ego and this big dick, whatever the fuck you think, this pissing contest, we can show you. We can show you very, very fast what can happen when you don't do the shit that needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah we can show you very fast and we can show you better than we can tell you. Because in my personal experience, this is one of the more fickle fan bases in the NFL that I've ever seen off rip anyway. So you couple that with the fact that you really have nothing to see and you don't give your superstar the football and you waste opportunities. Couple of those those things. And what you run into is one of the worst seasons that the, the Carolina Panthers have ever seen. This shit is almost worse than the Jimmy Clausen season to me. Gosh. It has that same feeling Yeah, already. And y'all remember that feeling. Y'all remember how that shit felt on a weekend, week out basis. And if you don't, I remember. Yeah. Terrible. If you don't, I remember. And I remember that being a jit. Crying every fucking week. Yeah. (laughs) Cause niggas can't execute legitimately. Every fucking week. It feels the same way. It feels the same way and it's an issue. It really is. It's a problem. It's a fucking problem. And if things don't change, We're in a very, very shit position. Yeah. We're in a shit position if things don't change quickly. Let's go to the best things that we saw this week. Um, I'll let you start off. You don't have to necessarily have a set number. I tried to do a set number last week, but realistically, that's just not, I mean, that's just not how I want to go about it. So, yeah. what were the best things that you saw this week from your perspective? Um,
1: I, I think the overall best thing I saw was probably the defense. Um, Defense came out, played physical football, played great against the run. Um, When we were sending four people, when we were sending a good pass rush, they got to the quarterback. Um, Brian Burns had two sacks. Uh, A couple other guys had some sacks. A lot of tackle for losses. Um, We neutralized Saquon, so I think the defense played well. Uh JC Horn played well. A big turnaround from um a big turnaround from last week. And yeah, that that's probably one of the biggest takeaways. Um I did like the fact that we seen uh Christian McCaffrey look like Christian McCaffrey, which um I think he played well last week. He just didn't get the opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are my my two biggest takeaways. And Frankie Lubu, Frankie Lubu played great. Mm-hmm. He played great this past week. Um, he came in, uh, he came in hitting, got to the football, um, made some big plays, made some big tackles. And so I, I think that that's a bright spot going into next week and going into the future that we might have someone who who has uh set his foot in in this place like yeah. on the defense so that was big um yeah those were my two biggest things mm. um what I didn't like two things or a few things that I hated I I said last week we can't come in and turn over the ball we can't come in and have a shit first quarter first half very sloppy, and we did the same thing this past week. As we said before, not going to, like, dive too much into it, but fumble on the first two possessions of the game. We can't have that, not against the Saints, because I think the Saints are a better football team than the Giants, and even though the Giants are 2-0, and no, but we can't have that. If that happens, we would probably lose the game.
0: And the thing about it is it's not even it's not even necessarily you can't have that against the Saints. You just can't simply have that in general.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, if you lose the turnover battle, then you're probably gonna end up losing the game. So that's something that I didn't like. Uh I just felt like the offense was very, very poorly ran. Um the play calls. Uh I didn't like the play calls. Um I just didn't like the way the offense played in general. Guys wasn't winning their routes. Um, the quarterback didn't play great. Uh, there was throws that were being missed, guys dropping the ball. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're very fixable things, but the way this organization is looking and then the direction that we're heading in, those things don't look like they can be fixed that easy. And so... Those are some things I didn't like. I didn't like the fact that Christian McCaffrey didn't touch the ball as I, as much as I would have liked, and I'm sure a lot of other people would have liked. Uh, when he was running the ball, the way he was running it, getting six six yards a carry,
0: hmm.
1: you have to keep feeding him. You have That's to keep you. feeding him. And then he's not you're not implementing him in the passing game, which I really don't know why. I don't understand that. But Christian McCaffrey has to be more active in the passing game. You have to get your best player to ball out in space. And so that's something that I didn't like. Um and yeah, just the way the defense was coached down the stretch. Um backing off the pass rush, not sending four guys. Um it was a couple plays. Brian Burns wasn't even on the field in the last possession. It's fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. I seen a few plays. Derek Brown wasn't on the field in the last possession, so i'm like who the who the fuck do we have out there like at this point uh i think the the guy last name mccall he came in and made some good plays
0: that's the young guy
1: yeah 78 yeah, yeah. he came in and made a few big plays um i really like that but i i just didn't understand why our guys that are needed to win football games why they're not on the field on the last possession of the game and so it, <laughs> it stuff like that it, we just can't have that um if we want to see improvement, if we want to win a football game next week, those are some things that we have to change. Yeah.
0: Um, a lot of the stuff that you just said, I, I totally agree with. Uh, I think oftentimes when we do this particular segment, I think that'll be the case a lot of the times. We'll see the same thing that we like and dislike just because we kind of view the game the same. Yeah. Um, obviously, we have different ideologies in certain, mm-hmm. you know, certain areas. But for the most part, our foundation just based on our past and you know what we've experienced and what we've seen, um, are extremely similar. Uh, one of the biggest things that I I absolutely hated seeing this week was that three man rush, man. I mean, we we harp on it, we said it, you know, earlier in the show. That three man rush, I, I I just cannot stand to see it, bro, because it's some college shit. It's college shit, and I especially especially specifically hate seeing it when when you send four guys or more you win the rep mm-hmm. more times than you don't so the fact that you you feel comfortable going with a three-man rush it just shows the same level of incompetence that we spoke on pretty much the duration of the uh, of this podcast this week So that was that was probably the biggest thing that I that I that I was disgusted by seeing. Because it's like damn near almost you don't know football. Yeah. Because as the average fan, I can see when I go back and look that every time we send a four man rush, we're winning the rep. Every single time. There was probably about four or five passes that we were burnt in the secondary. But because the pressure up front, was so overwhelming for Daniel Jones, he missed his throws. So there were times that we, I mean, numerous times that we saw that occur. And so for you to come out and not rush four guys or more is just absolutely mind-boggling to me, to say the least. It really, really is. So I couldn't stand seeing that. Another thing that I, I didn't, you know, I don't hate as much but I still think it's a huge problem, is the fact that Christian McCaffrey only touched the ball again 19 times. That can't happen, man. That shit cannot happen. He's a superstar in this league, arguably the best running back in the NFL, without question the best dual threat player in the NFL. He can not only touch the ball 19 times. That's another thing that I disliked the play calling you know i think that you are most more so on the stance of play calling for me it's more so the lack of efficiency on first and second down and that could be a direct reflection of play calling but i'll just stay i'll just stay there with the lack of efficiency on first and second down like you mentioned earlier in the podcast Eight point yard uh eight point four yards on average every third down we faced thus far in, a, in in the first two weeks of the season. There's no way you can be successful. There's absolutely no way that you can be successful when every time you face a third down, those are the odds that you're against. So those were another thing, those were that was another thing that I that I disliked the efficiency on first and second down um for the things that I love seeing or the things that I did like things that I saw an improvement areas I saw an improvement in um first and foremost the punt team did an absolute hell of a job with containing uh Richie James
1: yeah I agree
0: did a hell of a job that was one of the things that that just made me that that made me sick week one and that was one of the things that me and you both harped on-hmm so, I love seeing the punt team actually get down and, again, not allowing Richie James to get off at all. Yeah. Because he's he's a game-breaker, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's going to win the New York Giants some football games down the stretch. You can bet your ass that. I promise you that. So, I love seeing that. Another thing I like seeing, the physicality on the outside from J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson. J.C. Horn was one of the highest-rated uh, cornerbacks this week. So that was great to see after, you know, a, a, a subpar performance, in my opinion, with, in the Cleveland Browns game with all of the penalties and things of that nature. Very subpar, like I said. We did see him get beat or whatever may have you. But again, this is game number four for him, mm-hmm. right? Game number four or five, yeah, whatever or five, may have yeah. you. Um, so those things will still happen. But that was, I, I love seeing that him redeem himself. Dante Jackson coming down and hitting. He, for me personally, Dante Jackson set the tone, drives one and two yeah. for our defense. So I love seeing that because I know Dante Jackson, you know, I know some of the things that he's faced within the organization, within the fan base, um, specifically when they had that all or nothing season on us or whatever. Yeah. The Amazon special, and he came out and said. He hated the way they portrayed him. So I know the things that he's gone, there's been challenges and trials and tribulations that he's had to face. So I love seeing that for Dante because I'm a Dante fan, personally. I really am. I really am. Um, So I love seeing that. Again, he set the tone for us the first two drives um, and that continued throughout the duration of the game. Unfortunately, he did go down with a hamstring injury um, and he carries a, a questionable designation. Um, into Sunday's matchup again. It's only Tuesday night, yeah. Uh, so, so we'll have to see um, if he's able to practice uh, at any at any point this week. Um, but that was another thing that I love seeing. And then last, uh, last, uh, or uh, lastly, excuse me. Last but not least, that's what that's the saying I was looking for. Damn, I was struggling right then. I apologize. But last but not least, uh, Frankie Louvu. Frankie Louvre, what is it, second or third year guy?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, but just absolutely set the tone. Ten tackles, four for loss, flying around the field. Based on what I saw initially Sunday when we watched the game live and then when we went back and watched the game again uh, yesterday, didn't see him take really any plays off.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, he was fully locked in going 100 miles per hour the entire game. So I absolutely love seeing that from him. Um, hell, I even saw him hyping the, hyping the team up, gassing the team up pregame. So he seems like one of those guys that are leading on and off the field with his play and then his voice within the locker room. So I love seeing that from my younger guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish Shaq Thompson would, would, you know, assume that role as well. Sometimes you have to be led by a guy that's a bit younger than you. Yeah. Sometimes the standard has to be set by a guy like that yeah. for you to, you know, rise to the challenge. Shaq Thompson really hasn't shown me that quite yet. Um, I do know he was dealing with the injury uh injuries um throughout the duration of training camp in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I just wish that we got more of that from him. But but huge shout out to Frankie Louville, because I just absolutely love everything that he's done so far. Um, this season, I know that you weren't too high on his week one performance. Yeah. Um, For me, I felt as though that was just the jitters of him getting his first NFL start, Um, you know, and, and being in that situation. But we already knew that he had, had the opportunity to make plays because he showed us nothing different last year. Yeah. Frankie Louvre was one of the bright spots, in my opinion, in the season last year. So we knew coming into this season that he would have the ability to make plays, that he had a high motor. Um, And just the fact that he's able to, or just the fact that he was able to to put that on display this past week against New York was was one of the things that I loved seeing the most, absolutely. Um, We'll move on real quick to our Saints preview, um, and then we'll get our score predictions, and then we'll go ahead and head out um, because we're coming up on about Hour and 45 now So I don't want to Hold y'all too much longer If you rocking with us still I appreciate it greatly yeah, Appreciate Great. that Um Just a couple Matter of fact Let's just I'm going to just throw These interesting Well I'll, I'll wrap up with that We'll wrap up with The interesting facts Okay Or not necessarily As interesting <laughs> But just facts Yeah on, on this coaching staff And this team in particular But um Our keys to success This week The ones that I have um actually you have them too in your in the notes. Um we have to be more physical. We have to be more physical than the New Orleans Saints this week. That's going to be the key. Like I said earlier the Saints, you know, and this has really always been their their MO to a certain degree. They're just fucking nasty, grimy motherfuckers that'll come out and punch you in the mouth and no matter how many times you counter, they're going to come back. Now last week Against Tampa Bay Offensively They they look like A shell of themselves I think that was In part to Jameis Winston Having the fractures In his back Huge uh, You know Shout out to him For even Going out and playing Against that caliber Defense Yeah Knowing that he was Dealing with that So yes The offense looked Subpar But defensively They looked very stout Mm -hmm. They looked very stout I think it probably Got out of hand Probably midway Through the third quarter Um Midway through the third quarter and then the fourth quarter. Uh, but they're very stout. Yeah. So we have to come out and we w- we have to want to be more physical than them. Because if we don't and we don't play with the effort that we need, we don't play with the energy that we need, don't play with the motor, aren't ready to respond to getting punched in the mouth. Because we will get punched in the mouth. If those things aren't true, I feel as though we'll, we'll, we'll be dominated if we're not more physical than them. And it's gonna be very hard to do because they are a hard-nosed football team. Yeah. They are. And they are ready to slide on shit. <laughs> so we I have agree. to be prepared for that. Um, again, another big thing this week is gonna be winning the battle in the trenches. Defensively, we did it this week. Defensively, we did it. Play in and play out. We did it. But then we switched to that three-man rush or whatever may have you. I'm hoping that the level to the level of competence. Within Phil Snow Will allow him to see that And will allow him To continue to send Four or more Every single that, That's gonna be the title Of this podcast Actually yeah. too Four or more <laughs> Cause that's what it needs to be Throughout the duration Of this season Unless it's like Third and 15 or more It needs to be Four or more guys Every single time Because we don't have The guys Pass rushing wise To dominate up front In a three man look We simply don't the only one that has the ability to do that is Brian Burns and based on what we saw this past week they're more content with putting him in pass coverage than actually be actually being a pass rusher don't understand and, right and even if we do go to a 3-4 look he would be playing the outside backer position so we have no guys to go chase down the quarterback in a 3-man look so it doesn't really need to happen again so winning the trenches is going to uh, winning the battle in the trenches is going to be key like I said, we saw a lot defensively this week. We saw at times offensively as well with Christian McCaffrey rushing for, like I said, six point eight yards a carry, fifteen yard, uh, fifteen carries for one hundred and two yards, I believe it was, or one hundred and eight, one of the two. Yeah, um, that's neither here nor there, but that's going to be the key. That's going to be another key, should I say, is winning the trench, uh, winning the the uh, battle in the trenches. Um, we have to protect the football, and and that kind of goes hand in hand with winning the turnover battle. So mm. I'll just say that that umbrella statement more so than protect the football, win the turnover battle. Yeah. The past two weeks we we haven't been able to do that. Yeah. And that's been part of the problem. That has. That's been part of the problem. You can't come out and fumble the opening uh opening kickoff. You can't come out your second offensive drive and turn the ball over once again. It can't happen. And then when we have opportunities defensively, IE and I only point this one out just because this is the one that is on my mind the most. Mm-hmm. We can't have opportunities like we had going into halftime and not capitalizing. Because to me, Frankie Luvu looked more so than the more so like the receiver than the actual receiver on that particular play. <laughs> yeah, he did. You know, Daniel Jones threw it right to him. Threw it right to him. So we can't miss opportunities like that. We have to capitalize. We have to win the turnover battle this week if we want to beat the Saints. Um, another thing, their pass rush up front, led by Cam Jordan and Demario Davis at that linebacker position. We know how much they walk him down Yeah. into that A-gap. We have to win our routes quick. And I feel like that's been the problem partially these first two couple of weeks or these first couple of weeks, excuse me, that's been the problem is the fact that we have a, we show an inability to win our, right, our routes quick. Everything that we do, if we do win routes and when we do win routes, everything is slow developing. That to me this year or this week cannot happen because that pass rush will be on Baker's ass. Yeah. And Icky will have to go against Cam Jordan more so more so than he won't. Yeah. So it's gonna be imperative that on the outside and in the slot that we win our routes quick and and get our leverage quick in order for us to be successful offensively. And then last but not least, get physical with Michael Thomas. We know the story with Michael Thomas. He's been, you know, he's been banged up the past two or three years. But this year, he's coming back. He's coming back. I think he had... Let me go look because I don't want to give misinformation. Let me go look. Just give me one second. Here we go. So this year, to start off the season, he's had five catches for 57 yards and two touchdowns. And then last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he had six catches for 65 yards And a touchdown so he's looking at three touchdowns already on the year you know he he's shown he's shown success in the in the yardage game Mm -hmm. so it's imperative that we get physical with him on the outside because if we don't and we let him get free releases off the line and let him dance and do all this other shit that he likes to do we're gonna get torched yeah we're gonna get torched it's just that simple fact so that's our my final key um to success for this week Against the New Orleans Saints um, And we'll wrap up here With score predictions Or like I said We'll do our score predictions And then I'll give y'all The interesting facts And I'm not even gonna Make a comment on them I'm gonna just give it to y'all And y'all sit on it <laughs> But what's your score prediction For this week?
1: Um, Ultimately I want us to Just go out there And win the football game However you gotta do it Just go Go win the football game I don't care how it's done Just go win the game um, and I'm gonna be honest, being that we can't score on offense, it seems like. Uh I'ma say seventeen
0: Study I'm, long,
1: study wrong, Pimp. I'ma go <laughs> I'ma go twenty one seventeen. Advantage who? Advantage us, it has to be.
0: I got 2010 Saints okay. I just I, I mean I just I just don't think Phil Snow it will swallow his pride and put four guys on the line send four, four or more I don't think I don't like the fact that the offense has shown the inability to move the football throughout the duration of the season up until this point um, I just I, honestly I don't see us beating this New Orleans Saints team they're gonna have a chip on their shoulder you know um they, they just lost a divisional matchup last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so their back is, you know, kind of to a certain degree against the wall because you can't go 0-2, or excuse me, 1-2 um, in divisional play and hope for a shot at a divisional title, especially when you have a team that's already undefeated in your division. Um, you know, and then the Atlanta Falcons did have the chance to win the game against them last week as well. Yeah. So... I think, I think that the New Orleans Saints will come out and want it a little bit more than us. I think that we're going to get punched in the mouth. Defensively, I believe that we'll be able to respond, but offensively, just based on what I've seen in the play calling, based on you know them not wanting to give Christian McCaffrey the football for whatever reason, based on the fact that Baker Mayfield has looked extremely average, if not below average, um, I think that, that we'll probably get dominated uh, offensively. Yeah. I, I really do um so for that for that reason like i said i have us losing this game 20 to 10. and uh, go uh,
1: ahead the the reason i um the reason i think we will win uh because we we have to have that same chip on our shoulder it's very you can't, accurate. You can't go down oh and three and expect to even well playoffs shouldn't even be in a conversation But if you go down 0-3, it damn sure ain't going to be in the conversation. Correct. And so, yeah, we – so I think that chip will be on our shoulder. I also think um, it really depends on if Alvin Kamara is playing. Yeah. He's been injured the past, what, one, two games?
0: Yeah, a week and a half. I think he got hurt, like, very, very early on into that uh, that Atlanta game.
1: Yeah. So, obviously, if he comes back, then that kind of – that might swing the score a little, but it definitely will. Uh, they definitely have more, more weapons, more opportunities. Um, but I was going to say something else. Oh, they have Jameis Winston. as their quarterback. Jameis Winston is playing banged up. Um, hats off to him. But I think that if we go and get, if we're going to put pressure on Jameis, I don't have faith in Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is the quarterback. I don't know if that was the most interceptions.
0: Yeah, I think that was. He threw for... You talking about the 30 for 30 season? 30 for 30. Yeah.
1: So, um, I do... Even though the defense hasn't had a turnover yet this year, I do think Jameis Winston will give us the ball once or twice this game. Okay. And so, especially if we're going to put pressure on him, I think Jameis Winston will uh, give us the ball. And so... And also when we were watching um film obviously i don't think we have a a lineman as good as um the guy on the side of tom brady the right tackle uh he he kind of had worse yeah
0: tristan worse whatever his name is he had cam jordan
1: stood up yeah and so um uh i don't really know how the saints is gonna game plan it if it was me i would line him up on the side with Ick. but if cams jordan if his primary position is on the other side of the ball then he'll be lined up against Timo. Mm. Um I think Timo can handle him a little better than it can. Yeah. And so if we can neutralize him, then I think that we'll have some time to make some plays. But it, it's just all how we go in and, and respond from last week, honestly. But yeah, I have I us winning. Um I think it'd be a I think it'd be a good game. I think it'll be a close game. We have to come in with a chip on our shoulder and so there yeah. has to
0: be a sense of urgency
1: yeah absolutely
0: and, and don't get me wrong i would love nothing more than see us win the football game honestly i would love nothing more than that um i i just i just don't know if we can do it and it's not because we don't have the guys it's not that we don't have the want to i just think that that everything just starts with coaching yeah and i i just don't know if coaching wise we'll be able to get over the hump this week and if we can't, I mean, we could potentially be looking at a zero and 6, 0 and seven start. Yeah, I which agree. would just be, I mean, phew, Jesus, I, I, I can't even, I can't even think about that because that shit causes me sickness. Yeah, legitimately. And we're playing at home, so. And we're playing at home, so hopefully that that
1: was, Boa be rocking. Good luck with that. Yeah.
0: Good luck with that. Let's go ahead and wrap up here. Um, like I said, I'm gonna give you all these facts. And then we're going to get out of here. But it's just shit that I want y'all to think about. 18 teams have gone 0-2 since 2020. Zero have made the playoffs. Carolina is averaging. Needing 8.4 yards to gain on third down. The most in the league. Matt Rule is 0-11 all time at Baylor against ranked opponents. And since coming in, Matt Rule... Is 1-25 when leading the game at any point. Yeah. We'll just leave y'all with that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I want to thank y'all for tuning in and showing us a lot of support. It's been a lot of support and love lately. We appreciate that. So keep tuning in. Keep tapping in. We're going to keep bringing y'all great content. Um, yeah, but we appreciate the love and support.
0: Most definitely, man. Appreciate y'all tuning in, like Terrence said. Um, and we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week, hopefully. Hopefully. I'm, I can't wait. I'm dying. I'm dying to start the podcast off with Sweet Caroline. I just don't know if we're going to be able to do it next week. But hopefully yeah. we're, we're in better spirits and we have, you know, a little more energy and something to be proud of coming in next Wednesday. So, yeah. again, thanks for tuning in. For Panthers fans only, FPFO. I'm JJ.
1: Chance God. We'll focus
0: on next week.